Would you like a little more foreplay in your life? I mean specifically brain foreplay? Well, then tune in to the most dynamic host, Dr. Rick Perea, performance psychologist to professional athletes and the stars. No failure is final and no topic is off limits. It's time to get real and get your checkup from the neck up. Welcome, everybody, to Brain Foreplay, where you get your checkup from the neck up on Mental Mondays here at Think One. You know, one of the things I've always wanted to talk about with psychology, and by the way, I am Dr. Rick Perea, um, a.k.a. Dr. P, P-E-E, um, is the stigma around mental health. You know, when I first got my Ph.D., and by the way, people, PhD stands for piled high and deeper. One of my professors told me that back in the day. But when I first got my PhD and um, I was working in pro sports, I found out right away that when people find out you're a psychologist, they just hear that word and some of them start scrambling because I think they think you're going to analyze them. You're going to break down their behavior and always teach and coach and give them advice. But so much of what I do here at Think One is I am what's called a performance psychologist. And in performance psychology, we don't look at pathology. We don't look at what's wrong with a person. We look for solution-based protocols, how to help people be the best they can be, how to use techniques to reduce anxiety. Now, I don't want to get too scientific right out of the gate here, but at the end of the day, people, if we're on the, the sympathetic side of our autonomic nervous system, okay, we're going to be stressed out. We're going to have stress. We're going to have anxiety. But... When we're on the parasympathetic, that's the calm side. That's what we call the zone or flow. And that's when life just happens. It's beauty. But in mental health, we've traditionally experienced a stigma. For example, my good friend, my brother, Julius Thomas, who's a former NFL tight end with the Broncos, Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and Miami Dolphins, said it well. He says, you know, uh, when I hurt my knee or I hurt my elbow, I can walk into the trainer and say, hey, my knee's hurting. Trainer says, hey, jump up on the table. Let me take a look at it. But if I walk in after practice and I go up to a coach, one of the other players, and say, hey, man, you know, I'm really struggling emotionally or mentally. People kind of look at you sideways like, whoa, oh, okay, got it. And there's really no answer there. But what's happening now in all pro sports, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, is the leagues are requiring teams to have mental skills coaches. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to have a PhD in psychology. But with my work in all three of those areas, NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball, I can tell you this. There still is a stigma. On any given team, you go in, and there's about 30% of the guys there that are like, whoa, I'm good. I'm good. And then you throw in cultural barriers, too. Some cultures don't believe in mental health, per se. 
So there is a lot of stigma around seeking mental health. And what I want to do today is talk about how we can unconditionally seek out mental health. I also would like to point out that the National Suicide Hotline has been changed to three numbers, 988, 988, to make it more simplistic, more approachable, easier to reach. You will never have a busy signal on that line at 988. You will always reach a human, a human to talk to. So I just want to put it out there, people, that we have got to better understand how to take care of ourselves from the neck up. And that's why you're here for your checkup from the neck up on Mental Mondays here at Think One. So let's talk about where that stigma comes from. Why is there a stigma? Why is there a stigma around seeking mental health versus a shoulder injury, an elbow injury, a knee injury? Because we're willing to do that. There's no stigma around that. Why is there a stigma around I'm emotionally struggling, psychologically struggling, I'm hurting, and especially for men? Come on, men, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why we, more than women, are, we have a tendency not to seek out mental health. I have a couple people here in the gallery. Why is that? Why is that, Lori? You got an answer for me? Jesse, you guys tell me why. Why are us men so machismo, so macho, that we are not willing to raise our hand and say, I'm not doing so well. And in fact, one of the leagues here in the NFL has decided to put out public address commercials that says it's okay to not be okay. And I think one of the great things we can take away from the pandemic, and I'm not sure we're past it yet. We got other things brewing going on as well. But one of the things I've taken away and I think we can take away is that people slow down enough to think about mental health a little bit more. And then you look at the, the way we were housed or institutionalized in our own homes and we couldn't go out as much and we didn't have as much social interaction, then mental health is illuminated. You know, I heard a statistic the other day that mental health during the pandemic was up, I mean, domestic violence was up 400%. And I stipulate this, that that's reported. And traditionally, most domestic violence is not even reported. So what's the true number, people? And so I've heard many people say this, and I was talking to an NFL coach last night, and he even postulated, he said, you know, every one of us is going through something. Coaches, players, administrators. So what about everyday people? What about everyday people? The Joes and the Janes. What about those people like myself? I'm a, I'm a father. I'm a father of, of four children, three boys that I'm putting through high school. One of them's a freshman this year. You just reported to football camp. <laughs> CSU Pueblo. But what about everyday people, most of us who struggle in silence? 
who struggle in silence because we're not willing to say, I need help. The 988 number is not just a suicide number, it's a mental health number that you can call and talk to somebody. Because sometimes that's all it takes is to just be, just, you just need to talk to someone. You just need to socially interact with someone. So we've got to do a better job at breaking down that stigma. And so from an academic perspective, from a scholarly perspective, stigma comes from, we've researched it by the way, stigma comes from the fact that we cannot see the injury, okay? If I hurt my elbow, there's usually some way to see. There's swelling, there's redness, there's inflammation. And so people can see that. So people are willing to, oh, I see. Okay, your knee's hurt. You had surgery. Oh, you have a scar. But the brain, we can't visually see it. The heart, the soul. The autonomic nervous system, which really di distributes the energy from the messages of the brain for emotional pain. The limbic system in the brain, which is the emotional centers of the brain, the amygdala, all of those areas, we can't see. We can't see the inflammation. We can't see the hurt, the pain, the fear that people experience. And that's one of the reasons that there's more of a stigma. Because in the past, in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, if you brought up emotional pain, hurt, and fear, oftentimes people didn't believe you. What do you mean you're, you're struggling? You look great. You look great. You know, I've often talked about this in earlier podcasts and my, on when I do radio and TV. You know, I'll get a, a, an offensive tackle in my office who's 6'6", 320 pounds, and he's crying in three minutes in my office. So that's the, that's the vessel, that's the shell we see, but we don't see the brain the autonomic nervous system, the limbic system firing that's depicting emotional pain. And so that's a, a very understandable empirical reason why we don't always believe people. You know, we believe if someone's in emotional pain when we see them crying, when we see them broke down, but it doesn't always depict itself in that way. So I want people to understand that it's okay to not be okay, to raise our hands. I'm a psychologist. I'm a father. I'm a speaker. I'm an author. I have a multitude of roles in this life. And at times I struggle emotionally. I mean, I always make sure I'm present and at my best for my clients whether it's organizationally speaking, individually speaking, athletically, whatever it is. But sometimes I take that pain home, that energy home, and that's real. So I have to be very astute with my self-care. And in fact, I have a routine. I have a routine. I wake up at 4 o'clock every morning. I go to the gym at 4.30 a.m. My workouts aren't like they used to be when I was a player, but I still do. Where I, where I use weights. I stretch, I use a hot tub and a steam bath. People, I'm gonna tell you something. One of my mentors back in the day, Harvey Milkman, PhD, out of the Bronx. Hey, hey, Bronx, New York. 
um, he wrote a book called Cravings and Addictions. And he talked about natural highs. And when you take a hot tub, a hot, hot tub, and a hot steam bath, it changes your brain chemistry. It changes brain chemistry and it gives you a buzz. It, but it also relaxes you and puts you in that parasympathetic of the autonomic nervous system, which is flow. And I want you to understand that, people. For all of you out there, if you want to be your best, you got to be on that parasympathetic. Look up autonomic nervous system. It'll give you a little window and insight. One of these days, I'll do a podcast specifically on that. But I, I really engage myself in self-care. So I work out three to four days during the week. And then on Saturdays and Sundays, that's my day when I take a hot tub and a steam bath. And I take two, three hours to do that. And I meditate. I use my scripts where I say positive scripts like I love my life. I love my family. I love what it feels like to be a great performer psychologist. People, if you talk positive to yourself every single morning for three minutes, this brain is going to drink that Kool-Aid. The mind is different than the brain. The brain is the anatomy. The mind is the brain plus input. But if you train your brain over and over, it'll believe it. But I take care of myself and self-care so I can be the best I can for my clients. How many of us out there are struggling with mental health because we don't know a technique or we don't know a protocol? And that's why we're here in the mental health profession is to help people, to help people frame their day in a very positive way. Now, what I'm about to say is simple but profound. You better shape your thoughts every day, people, or else your thoughts will shape you. The average human being has 45,000 thoughts a day. I will repeat. The average human being has 45,000 thoughts a day. Up to 75% of those thoughts are negative. So now we're talking about 33,000 and change negative or self-doubt thoughts per day. And that's all of us. So if you've ever thought, golly, man, I'm thinking some dark thoughts. Congratulations, you're human. Okay? You're a human being. So I don't want you to feel bad about that. But what happens is someone will hear, feel these negative thoughts. And by the way, the thoughts I'm talking about right now are random. There's two classifications, random and purposeful. And we have these random thoughts. Everybody does. And if somebody tells you, I don't think any negative thoughts, they're lying. Okay? Because we, it's natural. It goes back 10,000 years ago when we had to survive and provide in a hunter and gathering situation. We had to survive. So the brain is still the same, but the mind is different now. Now our threats are self-imposed. But people, we have got to take care of ourselves. Self-care will get us to a place where we're not necessarily ruminating with those negative thoughts. Rumination means to think over and over about a particular negative thought. So that's one answer to, to self-help and to being mentally healthy is to take care of ourselves, hence self-care. But we also have to be willing to seek out the help and break down the stigma. Just because we cannot see the injury, just because we cannot visually see it with most people. Some people, it's so severe, you can see it. And for those of you, just I want to tell you something. We can see 
pain and fear in mental health through nonverbal communication. You can see it in facial expressions. You can see it in posture. You can see it in the way a person self-cares for their grooming. If you notice that a person's not grooming themselves as they have in the past, that's a sign. If you look at someone's face and there seems to be sadness, probably is. So there are, there are nonverbal ways that we can identify people that are struggling. But for those people that are not willing to raise their hand, to make a phone call, to reach out to someone, we have to be proactive. Not just me, not just because I'm in the mental health industry, all of you out there. All of you out there, a couple, couple podcasts ago, I, I challenged you, and I said, go out and tell 10 people today you love them, and tell them why. You know, I hear people say, love you, love you, love you. We text messages, love you. Put the I in front of there. Put the I in front of there. Own it. Ownership of love. I love you. And tell people why. You know, tomorrow's not guaranteed to any of us people. To the people, the people, the people. You got to understand that. 3,500 people die every day in the United States unexpectedly. So let me put that into perspective for you. 3,500 people that woke up this morning here in the Mile High City. It's, 11, it's 8.25 a.m. on our mental Monday today. But I'm going to tell you something. 3,500 people that woke up this morning will not go to sleep. Or should I say will go to sleep permanently. Unexpectedly. I'm not talking about the people that die of old age, of natural causes, of cancer, all those natural ways. Not that cancer is natural, but expected ways. But I mean car accidents, murder, suicide, homicide, fell off a roof, slipped on ice, whatever it may be. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to any of us. And it's sad to think that some of us live our last days in pain because we didn't raise our hand. And then that brings up the topic of suicide that's touched my life very directly recently in dramatic ways. People think about how many suicides we could prevent if people were willing to ask for help. And we pulled down the stigma. We pulled back the stigma. And we made it more real. We made it more real to ask for help. And we normalize it. We normalize it. And one of the ways you can do that today, you out there today who's listening, watching in today, you can make a difference today by telling 10 people you love them and telling them why. That will, that will, make, us, that will make a start to us pulling down these waves of stigma because people will understand, you know what? Gosh, I am loved. I'm loved by so many people. And then when I know I feel loved, I feel compassion in my heart. And that compassion can be directed at who? Me. And when I give compassion to myself, I build my self-efficacy, my self-concept, my self-worth, my self-esteem. And then I'm able to say, I need help. You know those people that are out there that says, oh, man, I, I went to a funeral the other day. I was strong. I, I, I held it all together. That's not strength, people. Strength is showing people that you can be emotional. Strength is being vulnerable. Men, being vulnerable to say, hey, I, I need to talk. 
How many of you go to your wives, your partners, your girlfriends, and you say, I need to talk because I'm fearful. I'm hurtful. People, we've got to normalize that. We've got to normalize that. When I was a psychologist in the NFL, guys would come in my office and they're like, wow, you know, I never knew it was so easy to talk to you. I would have come in here three weeks ago, <laughs> a month ago. But yet I got in front of him. I said, come on in, dog. Let's talk. Let's, let's chat. It ain't about me breaking you down. It ain't about me breaking you down. It's about me. It's not about me analyzing you. It's about me helping you. So I want you people to understand when you think there's a stigma around mental health, there is not. There's only opportunities to grow and gain and learn about ourselves. Because we have got to curtail the numbers of suicide. Adolescent suicide in the United States is just sad. It's sad. Two of my dearest friends, two of my dearest, closest friends have been touched by suicide of an adolescent. And I'm here to say that's unacceptable. Because it could have been prevented not by them in any way, but by us as a community, us as a society. People, what are we going to do as a society to get better? I mean, really, better today. You know, as a psychologist, when I work with teams, when I work with organizations, I, I understand we're going to get better over time, but what are we going to do today to get 1%, 2%, 5%, 10% better today? And that is by, by reaching out to people and showing love, showing compassion, showing understanding, but it starts with ourselves. How much compassion do you have for yourself? How much love do you have for yourself? How much, vulner how much are you willing to be vulnerable with the people in your life and say, I love you, and I love you because you're my son. I love you because you're my, my heart and soul. I love you because I believe and trust you. I love you because of what you, how you've loved me. I love you because we're brothers, we're sisters. We don't do it enough. We don't do it enough. But you know what? We're quick to criticize. Why are you in my room? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why do you stay out with your friends too long? We always have criticism. Not always, often. You know, Jesse... I'd like to start an epidemic of praise. How about that? That we praise each other every day. We find, we find beauty in everyone, and we compliment them. We can find beauty in every single person we meet every day. Every single person we meet every day. We can shower them, like my brother James Taylor said. Shower, with, shower each other with love. That's real, people. We can do that. You know, I mentioned a few minutes ago, my son left yesterday for his first day of college football. He's a freshman. And this morning I woke up and I texted him this fence that, that Lori and I found in, in Florida, and it had these hearts, and it said love. And I texted him the picture of that first thing this morning. 
6.30 a.m. And I, and I also sent him a picture of us four in Costa Rica this summer zip, zip lining. All four of us are standing there with our arms around each other, our helmets on and everything. And then I also sent him a picture on his signing day with his middle brother, Keegan, with our arms around each other. And he texted me back and he said, just what I needed this morning, Dad. His first night away. That's love, people. And I'm not bragging. I'm not pointing at myself. I'm saying that's how we reach out. Find ways. Find occasions. To love each other. To share with each other. So that we build compassion in ourselves and others. Because when we have compassion in ourselves, that's when we're willing to reach out and say, I need help. Because I know I need help. I have my ecosystem. Your micro ecosystem of those people you see every day or around you, immediate family. Your macro ecosystem are teachers, coaches, colleagues that you see on a regular basis, but, but perhaps not every day. We can reach out to our micro and macro ecosystems around us and say, hey, man, can we talk? And that's a way that we can reach out because mental health is front and center, people. It's front and center. We're seeing it everywhere from the White House here in the United States all the way to the hood, the CPT, Long Beach, the Bronx. And we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to raise our hand and say, I'm struggling with this. Because there's answers out there, people. There's support and there's love. And when you come to Brain Foreplay to get your checkup from the neck up for Mental Mondays every Monday, we will always offer solutions. We will always offer protocols. We will always offer techniques of ways to get our thoughts and shape our thoughts in a very positive way every day. Because that's a choice, people. And I'm going to repeat that. It's a choice every day the way we shape our thoughts. You just have to know how. And every day, I'll give you just this little bit, of, a little bit of a nugget. If every morning when you wake up and you develop a script, a script like, I love my life. I love my family. I love what it feels like to be a great human being today. Today, I will be compassionate. I will be a great communicator. I will love unconditionally. And if you say that every day, every day, the first three minutes of the time you wake up, you will start to change your brain. You will start to change the neural pathways of your brain. It's like a hiking trail. You go up a hiking trail, that trail is worn in. Let's say you take a right turn. You're going into the weeds, the bushes, the trees. But you take that right turn every day on your hiking trail, you start to wear a new path. And then if you don't go up that old trail, that old trail will grow in. You can create new positive pathways in your brain every day if you use a script. Now, there's more complex things that we teach here at Think One, like breathing, visualization, all of that with it. But to make it simple, make yourself a script. Make yourself a script for every morning when you wake up. Tell that brain. Tell that brain what you want it to do, people. It will respond. It will respond. And have compassion for yourself. Have compassion for others. And when we have the compassion and love for ourselves, that's when we pull down the stigma. 
we pulled down the stigma of seeking mental health. Because I have dedicated myself for the next decade to help people, everyday people. I love my career that I've had in pro sports. Love it. Okay. It's given me a, a fortification that I don't know that I could get anywhere else in a very different way. And I'll continue to work with pro athletes. But one of my commitments going forward for the next decade is to help everyday people, everyday people in organizations, in families, individuals, to help minimize mental health issues and challenges because that's a fundamental cause of self-harm all the way to suicide. Because how many teenagers, how many adolescents do we have out there that engage in self-harm behaviors? And I'm not just talking about cutting. I'm not just talking about self-burning. I'm not just talking about the physiological self-inflicted wounds, the mental self-inflicted wounds. How many people minimize ourselves every day with negative talk that really positions us to, to not think we deserve to be friends with people, to be lovers with people, to have certain jobs, to have certain education levels? I'm telling you, I, I meet people every day. Says, oh, it's, it's great you have your PhD. I wish I could have got mine. Why not? Well, I couldn't. I'm not smart enough. What? <laughs> what? Everyone walking this earth sands a physiological ailment in the brain or the body of some sort is intelligent enough to be a nuclear physicist. If we apply ourselves, I'm not any smarter than you. Not one bit. Most of you are probably brighter than me, but I am willing to work. I am willing to wake up every day and say, what can I do to be my best self? What can I do to help the people around me to be their best version of themselves? And that's all it takes, people, is a commitment, a self-commitment. So as I wind up today, I just want to tell you this. Make a commitment to yourself to look in the mirror, to look in the mirror and say, how can I get better? How can I improve my mental health? I gave you the idea of the script. Here's another one that's going to change your mood in one minute flat. I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to smile from ear to ear, as big as you can, ear to ear, for one minute straight, and do not stop, because you, you're going to see there's going to be some emotions that come up. Hold that for one minute straight, and you will change your mood. And your mood will be, you tell me, after one minute. So people, there are things we can do privately, actively in our own home to elevate how we're feeling, thinking, and behaving so that we can begin to pull down the stigma for ourselves and for others. We raise our boys a little bit differently than we raise our little girls in this country. And we've got to improve upon that, parents. Encourage our little boys to express emotion. If they fall off their trike, treat them the same way we treat a little girl. Come here, honey. Come here, little boy. Come here. It's okay. And nurture that pain. Don't, well, I'll just dust it off, rub some dirt on it. We're basically teaching a young boy to suppress his emotions. And then that gets conditioned year and year and year. Pretty soon you have two 18-year-olds. One knows how to express. The other one doesn't. 
So we've got to get better at the way we socialize and condition our adolescents in our society. Every Mento Monday, get your checkup from the neck up here at Think One. And I'll say this. We can do this, people. We can begin to pull down the stigma of reaching out, of reaching out. 988, 988 is a mental health hotline, suicide prevention hotline. Let's curtail this. Let's make a wave. Let's change things on all levels, on all levels. Doesn't have to just be pro sports, everyday people. We can get better. We can get better. Because I'll tell you what, it's a choice every day in the way we show up. It is a choice every day the way sh we show up. Shape your purposeful thoughts every day. Don't let those 45,000 random thoughts take over. You shape your purposeful thoughts or else they'll shape you. I love you, trust you, and believe in you. Get your message here at Think One Brain Foreplay. Get your checkup from the neck up every Mental Monday. Love you, people. Don't forget to join us next week, same place, same time, to get your checkup from the neck up. Fortified by Foreplay. That's Brain Foreplay. And please remember to subscribe to this channel wherever you get your podcasts.